Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, radio listeners. I'm your engineer this evening. My name is Tyrone Lowe, and we have Minister Barbara Simmons from Antioch International House of Church of the Gospel, and uh, she has a sermon today, and it's called Poverty and Praise. Good evening, radio listeners. This is Minister Barbara Simmons, co-pastor of Antioch International Church of the Gospel, where Coria Sensum is the pastor. I do hope and pray that each and every one of you are having a blessed day, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Today, I would like to bring you a sermon, and uh, it comes from Proverbs 10, chapter, verse 15, 22. And my subject today is poverty or blessings. You choose which one that you would rather live, poverty or blessings. Amen? Amen. Okay, there is a blessed life. If you've ever tasted it, you will not tolerate anything else. You'll go crazy on the devil before you let yourself slide back into that kind of life. You won't put up with it. You just won't have it. It's like the children of Israel tasting the grapes one time. Once you get that taste in your mind, you cannot get the, get the promised land out of your mind. Pentecostal preachers have glorified miracles, Okay to the place that it is on the church folks' lips all the time. I'm not judging anyone. I just want to help you change your vocabulary. Before you go to another level, you have to change your vocabulary. What you say begins to change as you move to a new place. We need to go to new places, but some of us still have an old vocabulary. Amen? If you listen to most church folks' vocabulary, you will probably hear most of them saying, boy, do I need a miracle today. I came to get my miracle. Although our God is a worker of miracles, and I will believe that, miracle living is not the way that God would have you to live. Miracles come in a bad land. I don't need a miracle if I'm standing in a good land. When I'm standing in a good land, I need for you to tell me how it works. You only need you only need to tell me how it works. You only need miracles when you're in sand. The Israelites were in the desert. You can't grow cucumbers, potatoes, and beans in the desert. So what does God do? He has to do what the land won't do because they are in a bad place. If you have to have a miracle every Sunday to survive, you are not where God wants you to be. And if you need to remove that talk from your mouth, 
If you need a miracle to buy grocery all the time, not one time, but all the time, if you need a miracle to pay your rent again next month, you need a miracle to get gas to get home, if you are looking for miracles for survival, you are not in the promised land. When God is having to do everything, you are in a bad place. That's not where God wants you. He wants you in the promised land that flows with milk and honey. Amen? In the promised land, the atmosphere is good and the land is plentiful. You only need miracles when you are not in a place where you can work the system. If you are in a good place, God gives you the system. This is what you do, and it will work for you. But in the sand, seed time and harvest doesn't work. So God has got to do something because people have gotten locked into the miracle system as though it's a destination. And now it is a slogan, Miracle Conference, Come Get Your Miracle. I don't want to need miracle groceries. I don't want to need miracle gas. I want to have money to go and buy it. God will always come in and out of your life with the miraculous in breakthroughs. In doors you can't break down. Enemies you couldn't slay. God shows up when something is not working in a miraculous way, but it's not supposed to be a lifestyle. The lifestyle is supposed to be in a land where you take the seed and work the land. Are you with me? Amen? Amen. Now, if you have your Bible and want to follow along, if you would turn to Proverbs 10, chapter 10, verse 15 and verse 22. And it reads, verse 15, The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Verse 22 says, But the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he added no sorrow with it. Oh, my. We don't want to hear that. We thought poor was holy. My people perish for lack of knowledge. The church, for over a century, they took what was the norm and worshipped it. Instead of taking the word and changing the norm, the people were poor, so they took God and made him poorer. They made church poor. We sing the most pitiful songs. All the songs sound like groans and moaning. Everything sounds sad. The people sound like they are just dying. Just light me on fire and burn me up. My life will be better. Amen? So because we did not know how to change our situation, we took God and tried to make him like us. So we go to the Bible and take what we consider poor scriptures and we glorify them. Like the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. It has nothing to do with the Tempur-Pedic mattress. Nothing. Nothing. He's talking about authority. He's talking about nobody will come under his headship. It has nothing to do with Jesus having no place to sleep. So, out of context, 
we glorify poverty, and if someone has something, we become suspicious. Come on. Something is going on. They're hiding something is the language that we use. I don't know what it is, but, Lord, it's something. Amen? If God glorifies poverty, then why does he say it's a destroyer? He says the wealth of a man brings him strength, but the destruction of the poor is the poorness. That's what's killing our community, the fact that it is poor. The destruction of our homes, our schools, our marriages, our neighborhoods, our city, our state, our nation is poverty. I'm just reading it out of the book. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. And my people perish for lack of knowledge. If poverty is so great, then why everybody in the Bible is trying to get out of it? Why didn't God just leave them in Egypt if that bondage was so great? Forget the trouble of that 40-year journey. Just leave them in there. Why did the prodigal son want to get out of the hard pen? Why did he say, my father's servant has plenty? In my father's house, no one lives like this. If the hard pen is so great, why is he trying to get to his father's house? Just keep rolling around in the mud. It's hypocritical, and it's not God, and it's not the Word of God. But people don't want to hear that it can get better. They don't listen. They get angry. Come up out of that in the name of Jesus. God is great and greatly to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the sand, God is good. And he has raised you up and seated you in heavenly places. Now, let's go back to verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it make it rich, and he added no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You can get rich outside of God. People are doing it every day. People selling drugs have got more money than me and you put together, but they got a gun under their pillow. They're looking over their shoulders. They wonder if they turn the key in their car if it's going to explode. You can get rich outside of God if you like the sorrow. But the blessing of the Lord, making one rich, and you sleep at night like a baby. Hallelujah. And you are looking around saying, who can I bless next? And you're looking at this person saying, I got the grocery bill this time. You need a tank of gas. I got it. How much you lacking on your rent? And you are not fed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay? If you turn with me to Malachi 3 and 10, I want to show you something. Amen? It reads, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he'll pour you out a blessing. When we think of blessing, we think of action, like buy your cup of coffee, buy your soda, or give you money. God did not say to the tithers, tithe, and I will bless you. He said, I've got this here thing. It's not something he does to you or for you. It becomes a state of being. In other words, when God does it, 
You don't say God bless me. You say I am blessed. It is something that God puts on your life that is a 24-7 DNA state of being. That cannot be removed by anybody but God because man did not give you this blessing. And man cannot remove it. You see, the problem with this blessing is that you know you have it when people hate you. And those of you whom everybody likes, you haven't come into this blessing yet. When people get mad at you, this thing is telling you, blessed are you when men revive against you. When men speak all manner of evil against you, when they lie on you, rolling their eyes at you, passing notes about you, he said, you know this thing has come up on you when people treat you like that. It makes them mad when they see you are blessed like that because that blessing turns the stakes in your favor. When you start getting jobs that you're not qualified for, doors start opening that you shouldn't have opened. Why? Because you have this blessing on you, and people don't know what it is, but they know you got it, and they hate you because you got it, and they want to pull it off of you, but because they didn't put it on you, they can't pull it off. I am blessed. Let me hear a shot from the blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can hear the windows of heaven turning that crank up right now. Generational curses have been broken. Inhibition has been lifted right now. God Almighty is coming to you and pulling back the reproach of poverty, changing that fourth situation, unleashing you to have all that you were created to have. I prophesize to you in the name of Jesus to lay aside every weight, huh? lay aside everything that has beset you, huh? because today revelation is breaking forth in the house of God like it has never before. Shout, 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 shout unto God with the mighty voice of triumph. I want you to praise him. I am blessed. I am blessed. I hurt, but I'm blessed. I got an ache, but I'm blessed. Trouble in my home, but I'm blessed. My kids been giving me hell, but I'm blessed. Blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed. Blessed, blessed, I am blessed. You're going to leave out of here shouting out some blessed. Get that old talk out of your mouth. Get them old songs out of your head. You are blessed. You've been living under it for too long. You are blessed. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you have obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. God said this blessing is going to go back and grab your kids. This blessing is going to get them off drugs. Cora caused them to stop drinking. This blessing is going to keep them in school. God will cause your enemies to rise in your face to be defeated. He said, I'm going to let you see them go down. They shall come against you one way, but shall leave out another way. They shall scatter like cockroaches in the kitchen in the middle of the night when you turn on the light, uh, because you are blessed. Uh, you are blessed. Uh, you are blessed. Uh, hallelujah. 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 See, the only compassion.
comparison that I can give you from the word of God. It's where Joseph's daddy made him the coat. The coat signifies the blessing of the father and his favorite. People hated that coat. You don't need to take it personal or people hate you. It really ain't you. It's that coat of favor your daddy gave you, and they want to rip that coat off your back. Every time they come up against you, God throws that coat on you. Amen, amen, amen. So if you're ready to get your coat of blessing, change your vocabulary. Start saying, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed evening. Thank you, Mrs. Barbara Simmons. She's actually from my church. And uh, we just thank her for the word today. And with this, uh, until the next time, we just, did you say, I am blessed. Mm-hmm.